Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad that you're here today. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me in one of the most well-known and most well-loved Psalms in the Bible, Psalm 91. Today, we're going to talk about God's covenant of protection and how you can just relax and enjoy it despite all the crazy stuff going on in the world today. Now, let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we're going into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures so that we can have the peace that you want us to have, experience the security and blessing that you want us to have while we're here on this earth. Now, Father, we thank you for your protection and your safety. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're in Psalm 91. Let's begin in verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Well, there is the shadow of the Almighty. And when you are under that divine canopy, that divine umbrella, or in, in this sense, what would appear to be like a wing, the shadow of the Almighty, then that is a place that radiates out. And as long as you're beneath that canopy, of divine protection, everything is just fine. You could say that you've got it made in the shade, praise God. But we have to also understand that if you're in that place, obviously, then you would be a child of God. So in the Old Testament, you had the children of Israel that were in right standing with God through the covenant that was given to them uh, through Abraham and then the law through Moses and obedience to the law, of course. And in the New Testament, the relationship is made right with God by accepting Jesus, the Messiah, as your personal Lord and Savior, and then you are brought into that safe place in God. But let me also say this, that just because you're a believer does not automatically qualify you to be in a place where you're walking in this divine protection. I've seen a lot of good Christians take some pretty severe hits and it seemed like the hedge had gone down or something was going on that didn't make any sense. So we want to be aware that there is divine protection, but we also want to meet these guidelines that will uh, solidify us in this place where we're underneath the shadow of God's wing. Praise the Lord. Now look at Psalm 112 and Psalm 112 says, praise the Lord. Or as we know in the Hebrew, that would be the word hallelujah. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. You really want to get that into your spirit, that in order to walk in the blessings of Psalm 91, of that protection, and also in, in really in context, also in all the good things that are in Psalm 112, you have to be a person a child of God, first of all, you have to be born again, but you have to also to delight in God's commandments. You need to embrace them fully and say, Lord, this is where, where real living is at. So I'm all in with your kingdom principles. And you know, you love the Lord and you love his commandments because they're for our good. Praise God. And so when you do that, then you position yourself to the blessings that God has made available for us to experience and we need them down here in this world, which is a very dangerous place. Praise God. Let's go back to Psalm 91. And in verse 2, we find a golden key to walk in this covenant of protection. It is a key. 
that some people kind of scoff at, make fun of. They have not caught the revelation. And what I'm about to tell you, although the revelation of it has swept around the world and hundreds of millions did catch it, you still have to catch it by revelation or you could just think, oh, that's just a popular teaching or that was real popular years back or something like that. But look at verse two. The, the psalmist says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him I will trust. So you're going to have to do some saying, I will say of the Lord. Now in modern day church terms, we call this the confession of your faith, not a confession of your sin. That's something different, but this is a confession of your faith. And you are confessing that you will have safety and protection based upon, upon what God has made available for us to take a hold of by faith. So confession does bring possession. What's coming out of your mouth, uh, the words that you're speaking, positive or negative, life or death, that you believe God's word or that you doubt God's word, all of that is working either for you or against you. Praise God. So this is what I want you to do. This is, of course, what God wants you to do. When you are around others and they are talking fear, God wants you to talk faith. When you are around others and they're talking, oh, we're all vulnerable. We could just all die at any moment. God wants you to talk covenant protection. Because again, I will say of the Lord. This is very important. Your words either preserve you or they ruin you. And I know that you don't want to be ruined. You want to be preserved. But a lot of this is writing on your words. So keep talking the words that will deliver you from all of these negative circumstances that are out there. And they're out there. You know, we see all these various things, uh, uh, threats of, uh, you know, war expanding. We see inflation. We see gas prices going up. You know, I see those things too. But the thing is, is that uh, you don't want to get over into a place where now uh, these things are shaking you. Hallelujah. You want to be on the word knowing that God's got safety and protection for you always, no matter what ad adversarial circumstances we find ourselves in. The words that you confess are what determines the direction of your life, either upward or downward into uh, uh, running into these negative obstacles. So God wants you to go upward. So be speaking a good confession that is in harmony and agreement with what God says. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. So if somebody says, well, you know, we could all just get hit by a random bullet or shot and killed by a stray bullet. No, say that won't happen to me because God is my refuge and my fortress. He's my God and him. Do I trust? Mm -mm. And when you do that, uh, it, it, it wakes up sleepy spiritual Christians and uh, it also shows leadership. Faith always exudes strength. That, that's a strength that comes from the kingdom realm. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. We'll talk about these things a little bit today. Mark chapter 11, verse 22, we have the classic words of the Lord Jesus that we have all come to love deeply. Mark chapter 11, verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says 
to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And your good confession will come to pass. It is working for you. It, it is uh, loaded with mountain moving ability, but you must speak it in faith and believe it. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Confession of positive things is an integral part of the law of faith, which is something that we're working with. Praise the Lord. The law of the spirit requires repetition that we say again and again what God says concerning any given situation. And it's not just saying it one time. You have to work with the Holy Spirit. And he, he's working with you to help uh, order your steps. And those steps are synced with uh, what's coming out of your mouth. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. So, for example, what has God said about your protection? Well, what about verse uh, verse 15, well, it's where it says at the bottom of that verse, I will deliver him. I mean, God said that. He said, I will deliver him. Now, you need to take that personal because this is a personal Bible. This is God's word to you. And you need to say, God will deliver me. God will deliver me from whatever trial or difficulty or challenge that you face. Praise the Lord. And by the way, there's nothing so big and challenging that God cannot deliver you from. Praise the Lord. Now, since this is the case, yes, we should speak words in agreement and in harmony with such statements as, I will deliver him. And we need to say, God will deliver me. God is delivering me. But you know what? I would also challenge you to put that to song. Because after all, these are psalms. These are designed to be sung. These, this is the hymn book of the nation of Israel, the people of God. Hallelujah. And so find songs or just make one up by the Holy Spirit that you can sing that are songs that put you over. And don't be so much concerned about the, the rhythm or the tune, just a, a little bitty song that you could sing along with that God is my defender, God is my protector. You know, just, just sing it. Maybe you hear a song on the radio or on, you know, your, the music that you're listening to that's faith-based and it gets into your spirit. You know, I'll tell you, when you really start getting close to the Lord and you're, you're having devotional time with God that's rich and fulfilling, I'll tell you what, you, you can get to a point where every single morning you wake up and there's a song. There's just a song that's coming to you by the Holy Spirit. And what you need to do is you need to sing it. It is a good confession. The Holy Spirit is never going to give you something that is a bad, negative confession. It's going to be something good that will strengthen your faith and stir you up. And every morning I get, I get a, there to be, it's not 10 or 20, it's just one one song, just kind of like hanging there. And it's a, it's a, a, a beautiful song of worship to the Lord. Sometimes a praise song, uh, sometimes, uh, more of what we would call like a, uh, like a hymn. And I just will grab that and it, I'll begin to sing it. Praise the Lord. It makes me happy. And I know it makes God happy as I worship him. Praise the Lord. So be aware of this because this is part of working with God in the area of the covenant of divine protection. So 
We have to be born again to step into this. I know so many of you already are. That's why you're watching, because you're uh, walking with the Lord and enjoying uh, the blessings of God. And we also know that there needs to be a good faith confession. I will say of the Lord. So we have to have our mouth engaged, our mouth involved. And I'm sure you'll notice that uh, quite a few believers, they're missing it on that. They're talking all kinds of negative things. And we have to be very, very careful that we're speaking good words because we are in dangerous times, dangerous situ situations. This is not suggestions. These are how you survive and thrive in very, very troubling times. Praise the Lord. Let's continue. Psalm 91 verse 5 shares with us another critical component to experience divine uh, uh, covenant protection. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Now I want to focus on the phrase, you shall not be afraid. Say that. I personalize it. Say, I shall not be afraid. Now, this is an absolute must if you are to enjoy covenant protection. Praise the Lord. Where fear is present, faith is absent. And we need to always remember, and I was thinking about this earlier, that without faith, it is impossible not only to to please God. But remember, without faith, it is impossible to receive anything from God and from what we're studying today, that anything would be covenant protection. So you cannot receive and walk in covenant protection, even if it belongs to you, if you cannot receive it and take it into your heart by faith and say, this belongs to me. I shall not be afraid and I step into this, and I take this divine protection in my life. Mm -mm. And you have to believe it. Praise the Lord. Now look at the gospel, not the gospel, but the book of James. James chapter 1, and we see in verse 6, where James said, Let him ask in faith, in faith, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So it's not about asking, although we do need to ask. And I'm going to get to that in just a moment. We do need to ask, but if you're not asking in faith, then you're not going to receive what you're asking for. Mm -mm. So we need to not only know that covenant protection is available for us because there's a lot of Christians that don't know that. They think the devil could take them out at any moment. They think that uh, they're just subjected to luck or chance or bad luck or, or bad circumstance, but that's not true. When you are a covenant child of God and you know that you have a covenant of protection, uh, then you know that you can be exempted from all that craziness that's out there in the world. Even if bullets are flying, God will protect you. Now, those that don't know the covenant, those that are outside of Christ, oh, well, we do see in the, in the scriptures, yes, there will be those where uh, a thousand on, on your side can fall, 10,000 on the other side can fall. But that's talking about people that do not have covenant protection. And you, you also need to understand it and know it, which is what we're talking about today, so that you can experience it, live out your life 
to its full term that God has planned for you and just go through anything and keep on going through that protection that God brings. Praise the Lord. Thank you today, Jesus. Amen. So we see that without faith, it is impossible to receive covenant protection from God. So we're releasing faith today so that we can enjoy this tremendous blessing. Now, we have talked before about how God had a fence. Uh, the King James uh, Version uses the word hedge. Some modern translations use the word fence. Uh, it's like a fence, but uh, don't think of it as like a wooden fence. Think of it as uh, some type of impenetrable barrier. Uh, I do know that when one particular minister was ministering one time at a large conference overseas, that many of the witches and warlocks and all of those involved in uh, the black arts, they all had uh, really gathered together and tried to overthrow the meeting, but the Christians were out praying them, and they were turning to God while the dark powers were turning to the dark forces. Long story short, the crusade went through very, very smoothly, and in that service, in that one service, over one million people were saved and came to salvation in Christ. And so uh, there were a couple people that saw in the spirit that day, and they saw around that entire uh, stadium crusade area, which was gigantic, as you can imagine, around the whole area in the spirit realm, there was a wall of fire and there was a wall of thorns. And the enemy, the, the demons were on the outside, but they could not get through this thicket or this like a fence of briars and thorns and all of it burning and on fire. And on the inside were all, was, was everybody that was attending the meeting and everybody there with uh, good motives and good intentions. Praise God. Glory, glory to God. And so the, God had put a hedge or a fence all around Job, his possessions, and everything that was underneath, we could say, his umbrella of authority. Let's take a look at this just for a moment because we need to understand that Job did something that allowed himself to become vulnerable and allowed the enemy to attack him in a vulnerable area and the enemy got through. And we see this in the book of Job chapter three. Let's turn there now. Job chapter three, verse 25. What I'm about to read will never happen to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Verse 25, Job said, for the thing I greatly feared. Oh, he just didn't have a fear. He had a great fear. He had a tremendous phobia that he had been dealing with for some time. For the thing I greatly feared has come up on me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. Mm -mm. So he had a, a great love for God. He was a very righteous man, but something was going on in his life in a certain area. Uh, it primarily had to do with his children, and he got over into worry, concern, fear, and it developed into a great fear, and that fear is what caused a breach in the fence that God had around him. And the devil came in, and you know the rest of the story. It got pretty bad. Now, Job uh, didn't understand what was going on and how all of this was happening, but God restored everything to him. But my friends, we're not in the dark. 
We're not, uh, we're not in some kind of a cosmic realm where we, we're not aware of uh, who the battle is between. It's between light and darkness, good and evil, God and the powers uh, of darkness, okay? So we know exactly what's going on. So let us be people that strongly resist the spirit of fear. Now, in the Old Testament, everyone who enjoyed God's protection, these great men and women of God, they were ones who did not uh, submit to the spirit of fear, even, even when they were facing very uh, real potential of dying. Let's take a look at this in 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6, and let's drop down to verse, verse 16. So he answered, this is Elijah, excuse me, Elisha talking to his servant. So he answered, do not fear, do not fear. Now, why is he saying that to his young protege? Because the young assistant, uh, he's afraid. He can see things and he's like, oh my goodness, this is not good. You know, nobody wants to die, especially back in those days where I'm sure death was pretty cruel, pretty brutal. I mean, you're, you're, nobody wants to die by a sword, right? I mean, big piece of metal being shoved into your body and cutting something apart. That's, it's just uncomfortable, right? You, you don't want to go out like that. And so he could see uh, where this was logically going towards. So the prophet said, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Now, let me say something. You already know the story. You know that Elisha is able to see into the spirit realm under the anointing and he sees the angelic backup. But I, I have to let you know something about how these dynamics work in God's kingdom. You cannot get into the spirit in fear. That's why Elisha can see into the spirit realm through the anointing uh, and why the servant can't because the servant is in fear. And as long as you're in fear, you're not in faith and you can't get into the gifts of the spirit and the moving of the spirit. When you're in an unbelief and doubt, you have to be in the spirit. The very statement to be in the spirit means that you're not in the, that you're not in fear. <laughs> Glory to God. You're not in the flesh. You're not overwhelmed by all this earthly stuff. Praise God. You're in the spirit. So that's very, very important that you walk with God and that you have that strength that comes out of that close walk with God, because then when the Holy Spirit wants to touch you or, or take you into the gifts of the Spirit, you are, you are pliable. But if you're in fear, uh, you, you can't, he can't take you in there. Mm -mm. Not when you're in that state, you're going to pull out of that. So he answered, do not fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Praise the Lord. So you're going to have to be in faith to see in the spirit. You're going to have to resist fear. Don't fear. Don't let fear uh, work its way into your life. Resist it. Resist it. This is necessary to enjoy covenant protection. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's cover just for a moment. What is the cure for fear? Uh, let me give you two things. Number one, you must have an awareness of the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about a feeling, okay? You know, uh, goosebumps or something like that. But I am talking about, you know, God's with you, okay? And that, that really drives 
fear away. Let's take a look at this in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 and in verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. So fear is not some kind of intangible, you know, ethereal, something other that it's like the wind that just moves, you know, and then people start going chaotic. No, it's a spirit. It is a, a, an evil being. It's a spiritual being that's bad. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So refuse the spirit of fear and embrace Yes, the Holy Spirit, but I would, I would also identify the Holy Spirit as uh, the spirit of might. Embrace the spirit of might. And you cannot have the spirit of might present in your life and be afraid. Praise the Lord. Secondly, the Word of God is a sure remedy for fear. Here's a great scripture, and this is what the Word produces. Proverbs chapter 28. Let's go to verse 1. The wicked flee when no one pursues. Uh, the wicked can uh, just lose control in a split second, start running, pandemonium, chaos. And you know, it's maybe it's all just a lie. Maybe it's a false report. Uh, the wicked flee when no one pursues. The enemy can work very easily with crowds that don't know God and something can happen, and uh, that spirit of fear can swoop in. And the next thing you know, it's pandemonium. Maybe people are trampled or, or injured or something like that. The wicked flee when no one pursues. But the righteous, that's you. The righteous are bold as a lion. That's the complete opposite of being fearful. Bold as a lion. And that is for the people of God. See yourself in that position and walk in divine protection. God will take care of you. Believe it. And let the boldness of that belief just flow through you. It'll bring a great calming effect upon others who have the jitters. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Now, it seems, uh, particularly in this area of fear, there's been a lot of uh, uh, news people and uh Maybe even some ministers that are saying, get ready. We're all about to have empty shelves and food shortages. Let me say, first of all, that this is nothing new that's been proclaimed. How many of you remember the year 1999 when we were told by so-called experts in the church that there's going to be a com computer glitch because the computers can't update and they're not going to be able to roll over to the year 2000. And when that happens, it could even cause uh, control centers that oversee nuclear weapons that could cause them to malfunction and, uh, you know, rockets and missiles could launch accidentally and uh, we could have a total meltdown, you know. And, and so then what began to happen is everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon, you need to buy food, buy food. And suddenly Christians are buying food and food and food. And of course, you know, even with today's modern packaging materials, there's still going to be an expiration date. Think about all the food all those Christians bought back in the, because I, I, I remember it, many of you do too, people buying, uh, you know, survival food, apocalyptic food. It probably tasted like apocalyptic food also, just like some kind of a goop. This is what a lot of it looked like. And uh, 
you know, I don't mind eating that if I go camping, but I certainly wouldn't want to live off that for three and a half years. Mm -mm. No, I'm not saying that we're going through the tribulation. <laughs> I believe there is the catching up of the saints. And I do believe that the latter half uh, of the tribulation is so severe that you're talking cosmic calamities. You're talking things that are beyond, you know, having your pripper bag or having, you know, uh, stocked up on some beef jerky and some bottled water. This is way, way beyond that. When you're looking at the book of Revelation and you're seeing all of the water turn to blood, every stream, every creek, every, every pond, every body of water turn to blood, you're looking at stuff that's beyond you know, uh, the prepackaged food. This is way beyond that or your radioactive resistant, you know, glasses. There's no, I believe the church will be out by then. Why? We are not appointed for wrath. That wrath is going to be poured out upon the wicked. And that is not us. Praise God. God is not a child abuser. He's not going to beat up his own children. He's not going to abuse the church. That, that judgment is for the wicked. And we will not be here during that time. But I don't know. It seems like lately there's been all kinds of uh, like uh, news people that seem to have some kind of a great authority to tell you, get ready, there's going to be a food shortage. And then they show pictures of aisles with no food on them and stuff like that. Look, I know uh, even right now in China, we have ministry partners in Shanghai. And uh, it is true that if you went into a Shanghai grocery store right now, there's hardly anything on the shelves. That's because it was all raided. You know, everybody's raiding the stores and buying everything off the shelves. But that doesn't mean the trucks aren't coming in later and resupplying it because the, they shut the whole city down, uh, you know, because of uh, you know, another uh, COVID outbreak or something like that. Well, it's like one of our uh, precious uh, online church members there said, well, uh, we all have to, we all get to enjoy a lot of family time. That's for sure, <laughs> because you can't leave your house. But, you know, God will always take care of you. God will always take care of you that even if there were uh, extended shortages that ran beyond maybe like three or four days, and, and maybe ran into like three or four weeks. Okay. That could cause a little pressure, you know, uh, but I'm just saying that God will take care of you. You don't have to lose sleep over this. You don't have to, uh, spend all of your savings trying to go and buy all this tribulation food. Um, and I'm not saying it's not wise to have some backups. People have asked me, pastor Stephen, do you have deep reserves? Well, I think right now, Kelly and I have about maybe like five boxes of extra spaghetti sitting by the side, but that's not, that's not for like a meltdown. That's just because I don't want to have to go to the grocery store every week, right? <laughs> Praise God. Who doesn't have a food pantry where you just get some extra items because you don't, you don't want to have to go to the grocery store every day. But now if the Lord were to share some, uh, you know, insight or witness of the Holy Spirit, go get some extra things, then I would do that. But um, I don't like having to throw out good food because it expired, because the quote, big calamity never happened. Now all this good food that you bought has gotten so old that's packed to the expiration date, and you can't eat it now, you're going to get sick. So I don't, I'm not, I don't want to be wasteful. I just want to walk with the Holy Spirit, because look, I've, we've been hearing this for years, 2008, get ready, oh, no food. We heard it a few years ago, get ready, no food. So, you know, uh, just walk with the Lord and remember this, remember the word dispels fear. So how about this word from Psalm 37 verse 19, 
By the way, you'll never see any of these news announcers saying, prepare for food shortages. You'll never see them quote Psalm 37, 19, because they're not aware of it. These are people that don't know God, or if they do know God, they're totally clueless of the covenant that belongs to the believer who is a covenant practitioner. That's you. Psalm 37, verse 19. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. And in the days of famine, in the days of famine, they shall be what? Starving to death? No, they shall be satisfied. They shall be satisfied. I have read true stories of Christian missionaries who died out on the mission field from starvation. And you know, they, uh, they died in faith and praise God they're in heaven now. They're in heaven, but you know what? They didn't know this verse. There's a lot of good Christians that go through a lot of bad stuff simply because they are not aware of the covenant's power to keep them and preserve them when things get dicey out there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But what does it say? In the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. One translation says in the days of famine, they shall have abundance. Look very carefully to what I'm about to say. Look and listen. It's times during distress and great challenges that God actually likes to display the power of the covenant and not just keep his people alive and not just keep his people fed, but actually to cause the wealth transfer to take place where they are actually moved ahead, moved ahead, moved ahead. In other words, when things are going downstream, God says, well, that's the flow of the world system. God says, I can take you upstream against the current when everything else is being swept away. That is the power of the covenant. And it's invisible, but it is totally real and can lift you above any challenge that you might face. Well, Pastor Stephen, I've got my freezer full of hamburgers and steaks. Well, what happens if the electricity goes out? All that food in the freezer is going to go bad. Well, I've got a bunch of stored up food. What happens if people show up with guns and, you know, they say, well, you're either going to kill us or we're going to come get your food because we're hungry. Well, you know, these are things that you're going to, you know, you have to live your life by faith, live your life by faith, because I travel a lot also. And it's not like, oh, I can't leave because if I leave, I won't be around all my canned vegetables. Honestly, I'm not very excited about canned vegetables. <laughs> I, I, I do get excited about pizza. I just don't really get excited about canned vegetables and powdered food that you have to add water to. Well, hallelujah to each. His, his faith has to be real and valid for him. But for those that know the covenant, then you can just know that God's going to take care of you. Hallelujah. And in the days of famine, in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied, satisfied. They shall have abundance. Praise God. Even, either the covenant is supernatural or we're just playing games. Either we actually believe that God is supernatural and can lift us above all of this crazy stuff going on, or, or you better have a bug out bag. You know, I heard an old, an old, uh, advice, financial advisor say sometime back, he said, everybody listen to me. I want you to understand you need three things. You need gold and you need guns and you need a getaway plan. And I thought you fool. 
you're already past the age of 80 and you're thinking about a getaway plan, you need to be thinking about meeting God. You don't have that much longer to live. You're, you have a getaway plan? Where are you going to go? <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't it time to get your life right with God? Stop depending on your gold, your guns, and your getaway plan. Whoo, Lord, have mercy. Stupidity. Why? Because people aren't walking with God. And all of these voices, all of these voices disturbing and ripping apart your peace, and you, you're being pulled in all kinds of different directions, and you don't know what to do. Praise the Lord. But God's ways are higher. And that's what we're tying into. We're tying into a kingdom that can never fail and that can never be shaken. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We are going to continue to move forward and be blessed in, this, in the midst of the various troubles that our nation would face and also that the world faces as well. Praise God. But my friends, we have a higher, uh, uh, we, we have a covenant. We have something that those in the world don't have, don't understand are, and are in the dark about. But, but our testimony will be different. Praise God. And of course, when people that are being rattled see protection, what do they want? They think, hey, I'd kind of like to get in on that. It all begins with salvation in Christ. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, let me read it one more time. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. Now, earlier, and we're going to go back there in just a moment, we saw in Psalm 91, the psalmist said, I will say, of the Lord. Why don't you say this? I have plenty of money. Say it. I have plenty of money, plenty of food, and plenty of security. Mm, 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 mm. Praise God. Praise God. And that has to be your confession. When people are saying, oh, gas prices, oh, you have to say, I have plenty of money. God's blessing me. I'm okay. I have plenty of food. God's blessing me. Do you need some? I'm okay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I have security and peace. Well, Pastor Stephen, you might, you might, bullets might fly. They won't hit you. They will not hit you. Let's go back to Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Praise the Lord. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow or the bullet that flies by day. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. Mm, mm, mm. Praise God. Lord Jesus, we thank you today. So let's continue on just a little bit further. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. It, to enjoy covenant protection, we must, first of all, as we said, be born again. Number two, make a positive faith-filled confession. Number three, resist fear with everything that you've got. And number four, you must set your love upon him. Notice what the Bible says in Psalm 91 verse 14, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will, and God begins to just dole out more fringe benefits of covenant practitioners. But my friend, remember there is the, the root part of this, which is that you must truly love God. You must genuinely serve him, not just because you want to go to heaven, but, you, but because you really love him. And by the way, we are going to go to heaven and have a great time there. Woo, hallelujah. But we must love the Lord, give God our very best, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, oh, then God 
just keeps doling out all the good things. And that certainly includes covenant protection. So in, in order to enjoy covenant protection, we have to love God. And Jesus brought it down very clearly in Matthew chapter six. Let's take a look at that. Matthew chapter six, and that would be verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things or all the fringe benefits shall be added to you. So covenant protection will be added to you as you set your love upon the Lord God almighty. Mm -mm. And I know you love him. Let it increase. Let it increase. Don't let anything in this world try to work its way in there where uh, there's any drift or pulling away with the riptide of the world. Stay close to God. Stay, stay in love with the Lord every day of your life. Praise the Lord. Amen. And finally, finally, we see in Psalm 91 also that to enjoy covenant protection, we must call upon the Lord. We see this expressed in verse 15. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. Yes. Tell the Lord what you need. Maybe you need some food. Lord, I need some food. God will send the food. God will send the provision. But tell the Lord what you need. In, in doing this, you are engaging the Lord. Of course, we could call it prayer, conversation, you know, having fellowship with God. But you're also taking those burdens and those weights of your needs and what they are. You're taking those and you're putting them over on the Lord so that he, with his big shoulders, can carry them. And if God can run this whole universe, God can get some, he can get some food over to you. Hallelujah. Or whatever it might be, protection, whatever it might be, trust God and watch what he'll do. Believe God, embrace the covenant, proclaim it. Hallelujah. Now look at this in Psalm 55. Psalm 55 verse 22, cast your burden on the Lord. Pastor Steve, I feel burdened. I'm going through some stuff. Cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. He'll hold you up. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So you have to call upon him, call upon him and he will answer you. I see protection being over your life as a very broad canopy. I see you protected financially. I see you protected from any so-called shortages, even if they materialize. I know that we had a toilet paper shortage about two years ago, and I think that caused a lot of stress for a lot of people. They couldn't figure out any other option of how to maybe clean themselves besides toilet paper. Well, let's put our minds together and see if there's some other options. You know, okay, well, we're, the country ran out of wet wipes or whatever the case might be. My friends, let's keep our faith in the Lord, not let these little things throw us. No matter what is thrown at us, the shield of faith goes up, the prayers go up, and we stay under that shadow of the Almighty. Mm. And we just keep moving forward. Mm, 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 mm. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for you today. Some of you have been almost paralyzed by all of the, um, the negativity that's been flying towards you. And you're thinking, Oh, sounds like the world's about to fly apart. No, it's not. The world will keep on going, but as we move forward, we're still going to have all these shakings and all this stuff, but just keep moving forward 
And God is going to bless you mightily right in the midst of it. This is your time to shine. But remember, the, the scriptures say, arise and shine. God's going to shine on you, but you have to arise, arise in faith. Shake off all fear and concern and arise. It's your time to be blessed. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching, that their faith be infused with boldness, that they be bold as a lion, and they continue forth today knowing that their assignment cannot be stopped or blocked, and that you're putting them over, and you're making them a sign and a wonder in the earth of your goodness and of your blessing upon their life, and that many will come to you through their testimony. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. If you're watching today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and, safe, uh, Lord and Savior, it's time for you to enter into the safe fortress of salvation, which is only found in Jesus Christ. If you would like to receive Christ and his protection, call upon him right now. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, but Jesus, save me. I turn from my sin. Wash me with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life. Jesus, step into my life and lead me and guide me from this day forward in your name, I pray. Amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the place of true safety and protection. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Those of you that just prayed that prayer of salvation, email me. I want to hear from you that you've given your heart to Christ. Email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. I am so excited about these testimonies of salvation as they come in. Now, let's take Holy Communion together as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to ask you to grab some unleavened bread. I use these little uh, wafers and grab some uh, grape juice. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We thank you, Father God, that we pray over this now, and we set it apart as holy through this prayer, and we thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus, our Savior. And Father, as we receive his body, we just thank you that we receive by faith covenant protection. We thank you, Father God, for the fringe benefits of believing your word and walking with you. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's receive the Lord's body. I want to tell you right now that God's got a way out for you. Mm, God's got a way out for you. God always has a way forward for you. Put your trust in him. He'll never let you down. Mm -mm. Some of you, you haven't gone before the Lord in a while and, and uh, rolled those cares over on him. Why don't you do that today? Psalm 55, verse 22. Just cast those things over on the Lord. He'll carry it for you, but you have to, you have to give it to him. You have, and that means talking to him, praying and telling him what your needs are so that he can carry that for you and meet those needs for you. Call upon me and I will answer you. That's what God said. Now, Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask that if we have committed any sins, we ask that you would forgive us of all sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness, 
And we thank you, Father God, that the righteous are as bold as lions. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us receive the Lord's precious blood. Praise God. Before I say goodbye to you today, we are only three days out from Passover, Resurrection Sunday morning. And on that day, we will be making our faith pledges because we are raising a special offering for the Pure Gold Television programs so that we can continue to preach the gospel around the world. And let me say that we have now signed on with Super Channel Orlando. So all the way from the Atlantic coast to the Gulf of Mexico and all in between Central Florida, broadcasting on a very high hill out of Orlando, Florida, we are now on the Super Channel. Praise God. That should be up on the website uh, as you're hearing this. And we're very excited. My friends, that's because of your gracious giving and standing with us uh, in the expansion of preaching the gospel. Hallelujah. We're very excited about this. Also, if you're in Tampa Bay, you'll be able to watch Pure Gold also on the Super Channel as it now reaches all the way to Tampa Bay. Praise God. And so what we're doing with the Passover offering is that the Holy Spirit showed me that there's nine months remaining in the year and the Holy Spirit told me that the golden number is 7,000. So you may not be able to give $7,000 as a one-time gift, but if you were to give it over nine months, it comes out to $777.77. If you can do that, and if you have faith to reach that, your pledge will mean a lot to us. And I believe that as you enlarge the corners of your field, God will enlarge your field. Now, some, of course, will not be able to reach that amount. That's okay. But maybe you could make a pledge of $777.77, and that comes out to $77.77 a month. And that also helps us greatly to move forward. And you could do that for nine months, $77.77. Now, I want to say thank you to everybody that I have been hearing from who is making the faith pledge. If you're making that faith pledge, I want to hear from you. I need to hear from you so that we can continue to plan for the television programming. Email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org and just say, Pastor Stephen, I'm making my faith pledge. Praise the Lord. I would like to hear from you before or on Passover 2022. Hallelujah. Resurrection Sunday. Mm. And you know, I believe it with all of my heart that as we saw in Leviticus and we saw in the life of Boaz who had Ruth come into his field, that if we, and that's our choice, God gives us that freedom to choose. If we will enlarge our corners of the field, if we will enlarge the corners, God will enlarge our field. And I believe that includes our income. God's way of blessing us that can even go outside of our income and he can bring other revenues of increase in. He knows how to make your field bigger. So it's up to us what we're going to do with the corners. Thank you for standing with me. I'm praying for you and I look forward to seeing you back next time. And thank you for letting me know about your faith pledges. God bless you. Bye-bye.